0: Welcome to the Big Chee Show, your destination for fantasy sports domination. Now, here's your host, Chris the Big Chee Cheon.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Big Chee Show here on WTOP8 Fantasy Sports Experience, and I am joined by the Pat Mayo Experience. This guy, him, and I have been together from. Gosh, it's been about six years, Sirius XM Fantasy, and now you can check off his work on DraftKings. Let's take a look at this quarterback situation then as it pertains to gambling because the Monday night game, Browns-Jets, this is always something I say in hindsight, but I wish I put my bank account, which doesn't exceed that much money, let's face it, but on the Cleveland Browns because Trevor Simeon playing, I just think if we are going to target – teams betting wise i want to go with the team that has stability at the quarterback position even if baker mayfield hasn't started off exceptionally this year he's better than trevor simeon we're going to be seeing a lot of these daniel jones gardner Minshew, mason rudolph are you going to be targeting the teams playing against these new quarterbacks here like the new england patriots minus 22 and a half with the jets probably playing luke falk are you all over the patriots this week
0: I I try to stay away from these like gigantic, gigantic spreads. Like if you wanted to play a Cowboys Patriots like 10-point teaser, you might be able to get that back to even money. That seems fine. Like if you're in a standard Picks pool, I'm I'm going to take the Patriots and I'm gonna take the Cowboys until these other teams prove they can cover a spread. But to actually like lay real money on it, it's just a lot of points. Like these are still NFL teams. I, I get what you're saying. I agree with you, but you know, With a week of practice, maybe Columbo, Luke Falk, looks a little bit better. Who knows? I and mean, Maybe they just try to run the ball with Le'Veon Bell 18,000 times, shorten this game, and all of a sudden the Patriots win by 20 and don't cover the spread. That, that would be kind of ridiculous.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the San Francisco 49ers. This can be fantasy and betting-wise. A, would you target the Steelers plus six and a half? But They were like – Mine and Phil's on Bros and Football lock of the Sunday last week, and they did not get it done against the Seahawks. Even with Ben Roethlisberger, I don't know if they were going to. I just, like the Steelers, Pat, do you think that there is a turnaround possible with Mason Rudolph? I mean, they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. They obviously think they can still compete. What do you think about the Steelers so far?
0: The the trade for Micah Fitzpatrick just seems like an active decision by Mike Tomlin or this like executive branch to maintain their jobs. Make it seem at least to the fans like they're gonna be competitive this year. I'm not saying that they can't be. With Mason Rudolph but that is just a complete unknown maybe their scouting is just so far ahead of everyone else's that they know and if that was the case they could have seen that Ben was hurt the first two weeks anyway and not performing well I guess if you're Ben Roethlisberger you've earned playing hurt but I don't think it's going to be a precipitous drop off from the first two weeks what we've seen from the Steelers offense but that's not really saying much because they've been absolute trash but you have to downgrade the guys a little bit from their ceilings. But I think Juju's going to be fine. Obviously, Mason Rudolph has a connection with Vance McDonald of Vance Refrigeration. So he's going to be good to go. And he played with James Washington in college. And we saw James Washington take a huge leap in snap count this week over Dante Moncrief. So you can make that swap right now if you'd like. Just pick up James Washington, drop Dante Moncrief, or just pick up James Washington in general. He does have substantial upside as a burner in this spot. It's six and a half in San Francisco this week. Like, I'm really – the one of the things that I've really tried to focus on in this NFL betting season is really try to limit my card to two games a week, maybe three games a week in terms of spreads uh, or totals, and just mainly hammer the props. So, unless something really leaps out to me, I'm good with not betting a lot of these games. There's only one game on the board so far, frankly, that I look at and say, you know what, I like that line a lot. And that would be – The Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus six and a half at home against Daniel Jones. Dr. Jones, Uh, you're getting less than a full touchdown. I mean, whether it was Eli or Daniel Jones, I don't think it really matters. And the big thing for me in this game is that Todd Bowles has really improved this Buccaneers defense. It's not great, but it's not a sieve like it was a year ago either. And the one thing that they really do well, which seems really counterintuitive to today's NFL, is that with Vita Via and Dominican Sioux, they stop the run really, really well. And that's the only thing that the Giants can do. We're not even sure if Sterling Shepard's going to pass concussion protocol to play this game, but even if he does, who cares? Sterling Shepard like I'm not quite sure why they're playing Daniel Jones at this point like if you were going to make this move after two weeks knowing that you were going to suck anyway why not just start him week one
1: yeah I couldn't agree more that the Giants have been a team that you know here we're here in Washington we've got the Redskins who are incompetent I would say the Giants are pretty much right there with them let me ask you this Pat
0: hold on at least the Redskins are like fun incompetent this year like Case Keenum's a fun quarterback to watch he's not good but he can make a few plays. He can throw it down the field. Like it's sad watching the Giants
1: and the Redskins defense. I think the foundation at least is there to be moderately successful. At least the front seven. Yes. The guys like Josh Norman are aging, but I do like the guys that do get after the quarterback, but yeah, that's, it's just, it's not fun to go to Redskins park. Pat, if you ever come down here, a it's the worst fan experience. You can't, P, unless you basically plan on missing an entire quarter. The bathrooms are so horrible to get to. You can't drive out of there unless you've got two hours to kill because you'll move about 10 feet. And then there's 75% of the fans of the other team come to Redskins Stadium. So it's, it's just bad. You know what? I decided I'm just watching at home from now on, Pat. I'm not going even to the games anymore. It helps me with my fantasy stuff too. And it helps me when I'm doing things like teasers, right? Unless you tell me you think teasers are dumb. I hit this past week, but There are just times that third game i don't hit it and i'm kicking myself what is your approach on like exotica stuff like that
0: Uh, teasers and parlays are losing bets just people need to know that up front now they're incredibly fun to play it's hard to construct a teaser that you look at and think well I, i don't see how this loses yet they tend to lose almost every single week that's why they're called the teaser like if you're serious about betting You don't play those things. Maybe you can do a two team parlay if you're very strong on two games of the week. But I actually think that the prop market is actually where the softest value is because they actually do limit your exposure. You can't bet thousands of dollars on props, but most people aren't betting thousands of dollars on games anyway. And that's where you can find real value because that stuff doesn't change. I think I've hit nine in a row right now. So at the PME on Twitter, if you want to have some props after saying that and talking about how I've hit nine in a row, I'm Bound to lose like 18 in a row at this point. But like Beckham on, like I didn't have a strong feel for that game last night, to be perfectly honest with you. In retrospect, I should have bet my house on the Browns, but instead I just bet a significant amount on Odell Beckham over yardage. Like I thought that was the softest part of that game because you knew they were going to force feed the ball to Odell back in new york against a putrid secondary and boom he actually covered it all on that one play when it came down to it so the prop market this week they're not going to be released until like saturday or sunday but that's really where you want to be targeting
1: Let's talk about the tight end position going back to DFS here real quick, Pat, because one of like the debates I've had internally and one thing that I have found is that when I go value a tight end, it doesn't work out for me in my lineups on DK. When I spend up on Travis Kelsey's Evan Ingram's of the world that seemingly has been working out. So in your some of your best lineups or in your builds, how do you like to approach the tight end position?
0: I've used Kelsey every week is because I keep stacking the chiefs and that keeps turning out week one, he ended up with three for 88. It's not the game that you want when you're paying up for Travis Kelsey in that situation. But you know, you go back to him last week, he's the best tight end by far. So that really goes a long way. And it depends on who you pay down for. like, Last week uh, on the show, we gave out Waller and we gave out uh, Will Disley, and both those guys turned out to be pretty good. But if you had played Mark Andrews, you probably ended up winning the week. So all those guys were below $4,000. The only really crooked move you could have made is if you took TJ Hawkinson, and he just ended up being, I assume that's what you did?
1: In one lineup. I'd normally pay for Kelsey, too, because last year I was playing too many Hayden Hurst, crap lineups and i would lose and i just decided this year i'm paying for kelsey basically every week with the exception of a couple lineups
0: the biggest thing you need to realize especially about tight end is does that player get market share like even looking at this week it's a tougher matchup uh, at minnesota but darren waller is still 4100 dollars. tyrell williams is dealing with a groin injury right now he's probably gonna play and he's dealing with a hip jacobs is dealing with a groin injury that he's concentrating like 25 30 of this team's target share and He's incredibly fast, so he can always break a big one. But if he's going to average like six, seven, eight targets a game until his price actually goes up into like the $5,000 area, which it will at some point, then he's the guy to go target.
1: Speaking of Pat Mayo here, you can check out all of his work at the PME on Twitter rankings, and you can find all of his audio iTunes, Spotify. I mean, literally, you are just loaded with content here, Pat. I'm going to tell you an offense that I thought was loaded this offseason and now has disappointed, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You mentioned them as a play that you like this week. O.J. Howard, we're sticking with the tight ends here. He has been almost non-existent, and I think people are starting to jump ship here. Would this be the week you would jump on board?
0: I don't know if I would jump on board. That would really depend. Like, if I was playing one lineup, the answer would be absolutely not. If it's my season-long team, I think I have him ranked at, like, 13 this week. Only because he's playing an incredible amount of snaps. He's playing over 90% of the Buck snaps. Just everyone thought in this Bruce Arians offense, like, oh, you have this gigantic freak athlete who's huge, super fast. Just let him run down the seams, and he's just going to be open all day, which would be the case— this offensive line sucks so much, they actually have to have him to block. And he's such a good blocker. It's it's almost like the old Gronk thing where you'd see Gronk on the field, and if they weren't actively throwing to him or scheming for him, then he was just gonna stand back and block because he was one of the best blockers in the league. Hawkinson's gonna fall into the same trap too, because he's such a good blocker. O.J. Howard is in that mix as well. You're gonna have to, he's not gonna have any sort of consistency. So for something like DraftKings, he actually is week to week a good play if you just kind of play him every week and you hope to get lucky that week that he does break out for those two touchdown 164 yard games he's going to have two or three of those it's just going to be impossible to predict the matchup or the week where that's going to happen and those are just death players in season-long fantasy lines because they generate zeros as well so if you're looking for safety he is obviously not the guy that you want this week
1: I'm going to look at the lowest total and the highest total in this week, and I want your opinion on it. The lowest total is the game on Thursday night. Jacksonville hosting Tennessee 39-and-a-half with the Jags a a point-and-a-half dog. We'll see if anything happens with Jalen Ramsey. What's your take on this game? Would you lean over or under here?
0: I try not to play totals on Thursday night because they either go like hilariously under or over by 40 points. And it's all because like defensive breakdowns, short weeks, guys getting hurt, like that stuff just is just out of my pay grade to try to project. I just like the Titans minus one and a half on the road. The Titans are the better team. They are not dysfunctional like the Jags are. Uh, And I mean, there's probably no real difference between Mariota, who kind of sucks, and Minchu Walk. But (laughs) the fact that the Titans can get to the passer uh, is just going to cause so many problems. Uh, Minshew, he fumbled three times last week. He only lost one of them. He looked good on one of these drives. If there's one thing that we've seen over the past three or so years is that Derrick Henry eats up this defense. If you're a team that cannot pass the ball effectively and relies on that like most teams, then you know you might actually have a chance against the Jags. So their run defense isn't very good. Their pass defense with or without Ramsey is still going to be really good. And we still don't have word on A.J. Boy yet A.J. Boye yet if he's going to play, but turn around, hand it to Derrick Henry 25 times. He'll probably break a big one, and that might be enough to win this game. Like, the Titans are really mediocre. They're very average across the board, but where you see teams like the Jags who are really good in some areas and really poor in some areas, those are the teams that the Titans feast on.
1: And the Ravens and the Chiefs are the highest total game this week right now at 55. Chiefs, a seven point favorite at home. Pat, are you buying this Ravens offense? And do you think they really should be getting, you know, in a game with the highest total based on what we've seen so far?
0: Yeah, people are already hammering the Ravens here. I see it at six and a half on my book and uh, DraftKings book. So I like the Chiefs. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a – this is just probably going to be a stay-away game for me just in general because Lamar I, – I remember this game from last year when they were running that, like, Navy-style offense, and they almost beat the Chiefs in Kansas City in that game. Like, this offense is so much better now that it's actually tailored to the strengths of Lamar Jackson. I just find it – hard to figure out what they're going to look like now that they're playing a real team. Uh, Not that the chiefs defense is any great shakes. Uh, They're probably on par with Arizona and Miami, but they have an offense that can score points. So I don't know how good this Ravens defense is to tell you the truth. Like is Kyler Murray really all that good? Like they didn't make him look bad whatsoever. What happens when Patrick Mahomes gets in there? Like you probably watch the Ravens more closely than I do Mm -hmm. and have more of a beat on what their defense is doing. But frankly, it doesn't seem like it's going to be all that good. Like, congratulations, Uh, you you shut down the Dolphins. Big, big whoop.
1: They have a lot of young guys stepping up for the veterans that did depart, the Darius Smith and things of that sort, C.J. Mosley. Speaking of the Ravens, When I was at the Ravens playoff game against the Chargers, I was with Phil Backert's uncle who said, you are the best golf analyst. No BS that he has watched and followed. So for those people who play DFS golf, want to do season long golf for 2020, where can they find all your work?
0: Uh, You can find all my work at DraftKingsplaybook.com. But I mean, the Pat Mayo experience is where you want to be at. Download the podcast, watch the videos, or just hit me up on Twitter, instagram and facebook facebook's where i actually post all my bets uh, just because it's easy to find all at the pme T-A-G, PME. coming off a 22 to 1 winner last week we had a 33 to 1 top 10 good week for the golf betting uh, in the first event of the year so i assume it goes horribly wrong this week
1: never pat nothing goes wrong when uh, you're involved thank you so much brother for joining me appreciate it yeah uh, thanks for having me on dude Thanks, everyone, for joining us here today on The Big Chi Show. Please subscribe on iTunes, Big Chi Show. Check out my live blog, WTOP.com. Search Big Chi Show. I'm going to have my weekly rankings up for Week 3. You can find that on Wednesday. Music in this episode is Rev by Eveningland, available in the YouTube audio library. Big Chi out. Thanks for listening. Let's dominate Week 3.